Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me, the podcast that's brought to you by Diet A&W because dicks don't burp on themselves. Just go to dietandw.com, enter code SDSPOD, and get yourself to burping on some dicks. Tag us in your Pornhub videos. We love to see it. Uh, welcome to the pod, Zach Bird. How's it going? <laughs> th- those are new developments. I didn't know. I've, I We're sponsored by Diet A&W now. Because uh, dicks aren't going to burp on themselves? They sure aren't. you got to <laughs> get yourself some fizzy to I, get busy. I'm a Barks man. I know you are. It's controversial. Yeah. But, um, all right, yeah, for this podcast, Diet A&W, go Go get you some. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't promote other brands. Yeah, on the Barks brand. is horrible. It is. My brother drank it, and he's a goon. It's got caffeine though, and most root beer does not have caffeine. So. Some people like to fall asleep after burping on dicks. Um, true enough. True enough. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're gonna try to rush through a pod because we're a little short on time. Life. Am I right? But I wanted to put up a pod about Marilyn Manson because he got canceled this week. <laughs> That's right. His hit song, Ooh-wah-ah-ah-ah. Or you might also know him from Let the Body Sit. Or How Does It Feel? I'm just going to name all of his hits. All of his hits. Yeah. That's why I brought Zach on the pod. I'm an expert Um, on Marilyn Manson. Yeah. So um, what I wanted to talk about mostly is, okay, what happened this week, why he was canceled, but then I'm going to go backwards in history to why we should have canceled him over 20 years ago, but uh, we just decided to do it now. Um, I brought Zach on because growing up, Zach's good friend was a big fan of Marilyn Manson. <laughs> is that is that the only tie-in? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I, I, oh, and the ooh-ah-ah-ah. Ooh-ah-ah-ah-ah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I told Sydney a story about how my friend growing up, he was... He loved Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson, but more than that, he was obsessed with girls who were into that. So if you had like the whatever, the fishnet. Oh, yeah, the fishnet sleeves. Sleeves and the lunchbox and the big pants. I mean, he was just so wet. Yeah. <laughs> for that. He could ruin his life. Yeah. And so he would have like pictures or, uh, you know, posters in his room of. Of Marilyn Manson and and Trent Reznor and stuff, and his dad would come in and be like, "You and you're jerking off to that horse face faggot, Trent Reznor." <laughs> like he hated him. <laughs> and then Marilyn Manson, he's like, "Ever heard of Alice Cooper?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that that was the thing. I, I kind of agreed. I I wasn't. I think I saw him for the gimmick he was pretty early on. He did. He has like a couple songs that I like. Yeah, I wasn't, but, like, a devoted fan. Like, I yeah. was cool with it. I remember I read his book. My parents took it away from me because they found it, that yeah. sort of thing. And then later, uh, when I was, like, 21, 22, I had a roommate who had, like, a DVD of all his music videos mm-hmm. that he liked to watch. And uh, we take into account, like, this is the early 2000s. Like, they were cool music videos. <laughs> so right. um, I get it. Uh, however, I guess... Because, like, my impression 
when I was young and my parents were like taking his book away because he was demonic, I was like, oh, they're just squares. Mm-hmm. But because um, I don't have a problem with his art. Like, I don't have right. a problem with dark imagery, but it turns out that he as a person does fucking suck and no one should have been looking up to him. And his track record goes back pretty far. Like, I don't know why. Just this week, Evan Rachel Wood came out and named him as her abuser. But several years ago, which we'll get to, she testified in a Senate hearing about domestic violence and talked about being abused. And her abuser, like, we all knew it was Marilyn Manson, did we not? But I guess not, because he just now got canceled. Well, yeah, I didn't even know that they were ever a thing. It was a big deal. So, um, and a couple of months ago, I listened to, there's a podcast called Dunzo, and it's about, like, celebrity couples uh, who broke up, and they did a series on Marilyn Manson with Dita Von Teese and Evan Rachel Wood. So, um, you know, and that delved into how he molded her and manipulated her. Um, so we'll start back. I guess it's only Wednesday, (laughs) But all the way back on, like, Monday, uh, Evan Rachel Woods made an Instagram post, and I'm going to – I'll read it to you because that's what we do is I have you on my podcast and I read to you. Yeah, it's great. People love it. Yeah. Oh, and um, trigger warning because I got in trouble – I got in trouble for the Shia LaBeouf episode because I was talking about how, like, he is – a out of control addict and a domestic abuser. And those two very much go hand in hand. I first forget the statistics, but it's like 80% of domestic violence calls involve alcohol, like addiction and domestic violence are very much intertwined. And I referred to Shia LaBeouf as uh, apparently addict scum with 30 fingernails. And someone sought me out on Twitter to write to me saying, I couldn't even listen to your podcast because it was so judgmental how I referred to Shia LaBeouf as this. And let me just say this. Shia LaBeouf is fucking rich. He can pay someone to clean his fucking fingernails. Like, so he is so rampant as an addict. He not He's not cleaning his own fingernails. He's not paying someone to clean his fingernails. He's a fucking... And then he's lying to everyone, probably including himself, when he says that he's sober because he's clearly not. And also sometimes people... Guess what? Breaking news. Sometimes addicts get sober and they're still fucking assholes because that's how my stepdad was. Yeah. He was a dry drunk. So um, spoiler or like, I guess, trigger True. warning... Um, I'm probably going to say some negative things about drug addicts again in this episode. And you have two uh, former addicts hosting this podcast right now. We're the biggest pieces of shit. Yeah. And and if you talk to anyone who has been active in an addiction and what that was like in their romantic relationships, they probably will admit that they were not the best person. Um, Thankfully, no one wanted to date me when I was an addict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I have a friend who is a sober addict, and he was like, he has like when talking to friends, like a friend of ours is was dating someone with a problem, and he was like, no, dump them, no, fuck them. They're trying to manipulate you and use their addiction as an excuse. Right. Like we actually are maybe as former addicts tougher unactive addicts yeah. than outsiders because we know the fucking rat race so 
it's it's one of my only joys as a sober person is it, to be judgmental against other people who are currently struggling. Yeah, that's. <laughs> We just pulled back the curtain. Yeah. I mean, get sober so you can be more judgmental. Yeah, you can get uh, on a high think, horse. Do you think that that girl who, like, was offended, do you think she was more offended about what you said about dirty fingernails or addiction? She I felt think, triggered about her own I, dirty nails. I think it might be. A, I think it was a man. Oh. And I um think that... Just me using any sort of negative terminology, using the term addict scum was triggering to them. But um, yeah, I, and I, maybe I'm assuming it, it was a man because of the screen name, which I don't remember. Or I right. assume it was a man because they were being a whiny little bitch. <laughs> so I don't I'm know. I'm so triggered that you said that. Well, men are. As a whiny little bitch, I find that. Yeah. Offensive. You would because you were a whiny little bitch. But yeah, <laughs> I. um. You know, because a lot of people I know in real life listen to this, and then I've also gotten to know listeners, I feel like I've become more guarded on this show, and in effect, it's made it less entertaining. (laughs) So I have made a conscious decision to be a little less guarded and a little less tiptoey. And um, yeah, I just called a stranger a whiny little bitch because I'm. This is hard. No, not a stranger. We're lovers. Since when? Um, just kidding. Uh, Zach and I are lovers. Um, but not friends. But not friends. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, okay, so Evan Rachel Woods, se- Wood, sorry guys, I suck. I'm James a- Woods' daughter. James Woods' daughter, <laughs> Evan Rachel Woods. Um, she said in an Instagram post, quote, The name of my abuser is Brian Warner, also known to the world as Marilyn Manson. He known start- as Paul from Wonder Years. I'm sorry. Stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> he started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission. I am done living in fear of retaliation, slander, or blackmail. I am here to expose this dangerous man and call out the many industries that have enabled him before he ruins any more lives. I stand by with the many victims who will no longer be be silent unquote and i think it's important to note that she does say the before he ruins any more lives yeah. because he is still actively dating yeah and i have evidence in recent history um that he is still uh, exhibiting the same pattern of abusive behavior um so evan rachel wood her relationship with Marilyn Manson became public in 2007 when she was 19 and he was 38. Not okay. Not okay. <laughs> Not uh. I told you that I have a regular at Starbucks who, when a barista asked him his plans for the weekend, he was like, oh, a friend of mine's turning 21, so we're going to go out as a group for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And this dude is in his 40s. Like, he's huh. like a super rich 42 year old finance dude he should not have friends who are 20 year old girls he's on a fucking list like the government may not have him on a list but i have have him on a list now because as a 19 year old who was it myself in age inappropriate relationships like this is not okay and also they went public when she was 19 but he by all accounts probably started grooming her even younger 
And it, uh, well, isn't that what she said? Yeah. 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 He started grooming her as a teenager, doing the old Drake. Um, and when she was with him, she, like, her appearance changed drastically. Like, because he had recently divorced Dita Von Teese, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's with Evan Rachel Wood, who is now dressing and styled like Dita Von Teese. Did she have, like, uh, the lunchbox and the, <laughs> the, no, she the had, fishnet sleeves? She had the finger waves in her hair and the red lipstick. And apparently one of the rules uh, that Marilyn Manson puts on his partners is you're not allowed to wear pants. So you have to wear dresses always. Okay. Um, probably so he well, can... Well, he's a classy guy. Well, probably so he can <laughs> fuck you at any given time. Um, so... Uh, Manson replied, uh, like 36 hours later, uh, saying, quote, obviously my art and my life have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality. My intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with like-minded partners, regardless of how and why others are now choosing to misrepresent the past. That is the truth, unquote. And I think that he might believe that. Right. Like he might believe like, oh, these crazy, because uh, with his partners, like he has a history of like tying them up, cutting them leaving them in a room, like, quote-unquote, simulating rape. Right. Um, They love that. Yeah. And so he perhaps um, perceives that these things were mutually agreed upon. He also likes to threaten to kill himself if his partner's in the relationship. You know. Yeah. The typical emotionally abusive That's like a page out of the LaBeouf book, too, right? Yeah. It's, uh, I think... And I think that a lot of people who've been in relationships that they didn't even realize were abusive at the time will recognize this because you think that the person you're with is so broken and fragile, creative and artistic. He's a raw nerve that he's not intentionally abusing you. He is acting out of pain. Yeah. And you feel sympathy for him. You don't recognize that, oh, you're being abused. Right. Um, so Loma Vista, the label that released his um, Marilyn Manson's latest record, said on Monday it would stop promoting it and it would not work with him in the future. Uh, and it, it, they their quote is, in light of today's disturbing allegations by Evan Rachel Wood and other women naming Marilyn Manson as their abuser, Loma Vista will cease to further promote his current album, Effective, immediately. Um, so whatever. Yeah. Like, he's just now getting dropped by his label, um, which I don't think is okay. Um, I wanted to read this, like, post by Sour Girl, who is an artist on Instagram. Her real name is... Oh, I already lost it. Um, But it kind of describes the dynamic of a relationship with Marilyn Manson, and she dated him in 2015. Okay. So... Uh, sorry, I'm reading to you again, Zach. That's all right. You like it. My baby likes when I read yeah, to him. Yeah, you're such a good reader. Let's hear let's uh, have it. Okay, so she says, I met Brian Warner, known as Marilyn Manson, backstage in October 2015. I was 22. He was 46. The first thing that he ever said to me was that he was, quote, unquote, going to bite me. We talked while the opening band played, and after the show, he invited me on his tour bus. He immediately love-bombed me, and I like that phrase. Um, 
He immediately love-bombed me, telling me that he felt like he'd known me for years, and I felt similarly. Uh, he offered me cocaine. He told me to take off all my clothes and take a shower in front of him. He asked for my number as I was getting ready to leave and invited me to his show the following evening. The second time we met, he broke a wine glass in the hotel room and demanded we make a blood pack together. He cut both of our hands with a broken glass. Things went from zero to 100 at full speed. In the beginning stages of our relationship, he worked a kind of magic on me. He sent me love songs, told me we were soulmates, and introduced me to his father. We would stay up late, painting each other, taking Polaroids, and talking until the early hours of the morning. I became completely enmeshed in his world. He told me he loved me two weeks after we met and invited me to go on tour with him in Europe. I was in art school at the time and had never left the country but felt it was a rare opportunity. I do not have fond memories of this tour, though, as things had gone downhill quickly. He would tie me up for the first of many times and rape me. I sobbed on the floor of the hotel room and when I looked at him, he was smiling. He told me he knew that's how I loved him Wait, he told me he knew that's how I loved him because of my reaction. Oh, because he made her cry. He's like, that's how I know you love me because that you, I made you cry. Right. Uh, he took naked photos of me without my permission while I was sleeping and tied up and sent them to his friends. One night in London before he played, he would force me to take drugs with him. And this time it was more than my body could handle. I woke up on the tour bus with paramedics shining a flashlight, slapping my face while trying to make me throw up. The paramedics wanted to take me to the hospital, and he refused. The following morning, I woke up in an empty hotel room by myself. I had no memory of leaving the venue, getting on a tour bus, and being carried to the hotel room. I was terrified. He told me that he put me in a separate hotel room called the Bad Girl Room as punishment. I was alone in the room for 24 hours. All I had was the clothes on my back and my cell phone. He had my wallet, passport, and luggage in his room. He told me that I wasn't allowed to wear pants. He told me to change my hair color from pink to platinum blonde. He would throw objects at me like glass. He would cut me during sex. He called me crazy. He called me autistic. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh at that. Like, this fucking dude is just like... It's just a weird... Insult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're autistic. You're autistic. Slutty whore. Yeah. It's fucking dumb piece Get of shit. Get your ass off that spectrum. Yeah. Um, he knew that my relatives are black and that I, too, share that DNA. And he would make fun of my race, um, and, which, uh, yeah, Marilyn Manson is also racist. We'll get to that later. He would go through my phone and ask who I was texting. He would tell me to turn my DMs off so no one could message me. He destroyed my belongings. Many times I locked myself in a room while he was having episodes. My friends would jokingly ask if I was allowed to leave the house. I watched him rotate through five assistants in the six-month span of us dating by the way all this drama happened in six months wow. i witnessed several of them storm out of his house in sheer frustration i experienced sleep deprivation on multiple occasions one instance after i agreed to get matching tattoos he was forcing drugs in my mouth while i was laying down in his home getting tattooed uh, and marilyn manson probably thinks that this is like a fun romantic ritual right like she gets tattooed while i feed her drugs right fucking horse-faced faggot I, I, um that was in reference to trent reznor yeah but marilyn manson <laughs> also has a horse face um and uh he's a, an 
Uh, he's autistic. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. By the way, I don't actually think that those are slurs. Um, so I'm sorry I said them in that way. Um, anyways. Uh, okay. So he's forcing her drugs. So she's getting tattooed. Uh, afterwards, I was exhausted and went upstairs to bed. He turned the lights on, started throwing things and yelling at me. He was irate that I had fallen asleep and had not watched him getting tattooed. It was easier to be controlled if I was sedated and tired. He posted a photo of me on his Instagram without my knowledge and told me to post photos that he took of me and how to caption it word for word. So he's also controlling, like, the image she's presenting to the world. Um, I thought this was his way of making me feel special, but instead it was used to triangulate me with other women. I know this because those women reached out. I received harassment and death threats. On Christmas Day, he canceled plans with me, and I was devastated. I felt betrayed and humiliated because I had sacrificed so many parts of myself to please him. Which is why, ladies, do not sacrifice parts of yourself to be with a man, because when they inevitably disappoint you, you will feel embarrassed and like an idiot. Um, also, don't sacrifice parts of yourself to be with some horse face <laughs> ding dong <laughs> with shitty makeup anyways uh okay uh the jarring reality had finally consumed me and i tried to kill myself i was 51 50 and spent christmas in the hospital as the relationship progressed because they're still together i became increasingly more depressed he would threaten me by saying that i should be scared of him he would often brag about being affiliated with the ms-13 gang and that he could have me or anyone killed which it has to be fucking bullshit. What right. a fucking loser. MS-13 would want nothing to do with his lame ass. I mean, I'm sure he buys... It's MS-13. It's like a, it's a Mexican gang that's okay. like super dangerous. Right. Like, I'm sure Marilyn Manson is buying drugs from a cartel or something. Sure. Um, Because he, you know, the volume, he has to go to the Sam's Club of cocaine. Yeah. But I don't know that it's MS-13 or that they give a fuck about Marilyn Manson. Right. Um... Okay, his moods changed frequently, and it was impossible to know what could set him off. I learned to be quiet and try not to upset him. I remember one instance of grabbing my belongings and running out his door. After I had ended things, I was in a state of shock. He studied and mirrored me. He learned my traumas, hopes, fears, and dreams. He had acquired all of this information, and it felt like he was using it to build my trust and then slowly tear me down. I didn't sleep. I lost a significant amount of weight. I felt the days began to begin to blur and I couldn't recognize myself. I had suicidal ideation. It was completely disassociated. I felt this wound begin to permeate, permeate my soul. I repressed this because I felt no one around me could comprehend the severity of what I had gone through. The relationship left me disoriented and shattered. I couldn't put into words for the longest time exactly what happened to me. He gaslit me so much I began to gaslight myself. Um, okay, so anyways, she's diagnosed with PTSD after this and... Um, that's like I think provides like a, a better picture of what he is like in relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to post this tweet thread that came out in um I guess this came out recently. Um, this is from a guy named Dan Cleary, who worked with Marilyn Manson in 2007 um and 2008. <clears throat> and it's another long one, um, 
but this is a firsthand account from an outsider of how Marilyn Manson is. Uh, he says, I worked directly with Marilyn Manson in 2007 to 2008 for his touring band when Evan Rachel Wood was with him. She was on tour with us the entire time. Over the course of one year, he turned her into a different person. He broke her. I didn't totally realize until later in life. I then started working for him as his personal assistant in 2014 to 15. I saw firsthand over and over him being an abusive, violent boyfriend to his girlfriend, Lindsay. Over the almost two year stretch, I saw her in tears and him screaming and belittling her more often than I didn't. He would threaten to kill her, cut her up, bury her, embarrass her to the world. Making her cry and fear him made him feel good. He would remind her that she'd be homeless without him and make fun of her learning disabled family member. Yeah, I love that Marilyn Manson feels so much room to judge people who aren't neurotypical when he is a fucking drug addict piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have some fucking, he's like, oh, I be, being autistic is a slur, or like your relative's learning disabled, or you have black blood in you. Like, yeah. I'm like, have you looked in the fucking mirror, you pancake-assed, horse-faced crack <laughs> You really like that horse-faced comment. He, he do, well, he does. Like, yeah. I had to look at, because I read so many articles yeah. for this, I had to keep looking at his face, which... Maybe if he were a good person, would not appear disgusting to me. But because he's a bad person, I hate it. To me, it was just, I remember first kind of hearing that he was like this big coke head. And I was like, still? Yeah. Like you're fi in your 50s, bro. Yeah. Or however, isn't he in his 50s uh, at this point? How old is he now? Like, uh, it seems I think he's like 52 a, or something. It seems like a weird drug to be, like just become a crackhead or a meth head i guess at this point right well dude you're fucking rich get into expensive whiskey and cigars like a normal dude oh yeah he's 52 plus dude how is your nose still intact right yeah I why doesn't his nose look like Artie lang's yeah i don't know i don't know but uh -uh. um yeah it's, it seems like a little old for a, a coke habit but some of this behavior too like falls in line with amphetamine abuse because amphetamines mm -hmm. damp dampen empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, so when people abuse amphetamines, they are less empathetic. And anecdotally, almost every member of the Trump supporter cult that I know is also fond of cocaine. Okay. I mean, Trump himself is on speed, uh, and a prominent talking head on, um, fucking Fox News or whatever who is like a Trump supporter who lives in Phoenix uh, is a cocaine dealer. So anyways, <clears throat> and I know this firsthand. So uh, I, I have not bought Coke from him. I've never done Coke. I'm not going to start <laughs> now. I'm fucking old. You know what I mean? Also, just do mushrooms, everyone. It's fine. It's the only drug that... You should get into it when in your 50s. Like yeah, when Marilyn I turn Manson. 50, I'll start doing coke and yeah. abusing you. Yeah. Um, and that will make us feel... Call me autistic. ...more alive. You, you autistic. I don't know. I'm not very good at insulting people. <laughs> Everything you were going to say was so offensive that you were just go, nah, I'm just... In the, I'm not going to say anything. I just didn't want a record of the abuse is all. Yeah, right. Because I right. don't want to be canceled. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, continuing to what this guy, Dan Cleary, says. 
Um, all right. Uh, everyone in his immediate circle knows this, but everyone, including myself, is afraid to say anything because of the code. It's frowned upon to tell people's business. Those of us that stay quiet do it because we were making a living and it's hard to find work in music if you can't keep your mouth shut. But enough is enough. His fans will be angry and not believe it because they don't want to. I understand that. And I'm sorry to them, but it's true. I will also say a reason I stayed quiet is because of a kind thing he did. On tour in 2007, my stepmom died suddenly. The Manson camp flew me home for a week on their dime and paid me anyways. I will still never forget that, and it sincerely meant a lot to me. But as I see so many people defending him and calling his accusers liars, I've had enough. Believe them. I saw it. I have nothing to gain from this and plenty to lose. There are people in his band slash crew that I'm still close to. My apologies to them, but they also know I'm right. He is a brilliant musician, incredibly smart and funny man, but he's also mentally a mentally and physically abusive drug addict that has the ability to be super kind and emotional. It's hard to wrap your head around. I'm not asking for him to be canceled. Fuck all that cancel stuff. My sole for focus is for people not to call these women liars. They're not. Manson gave me a living for a long time, gave me great music as a kid. I appreciate the opportunities and I saw the entire world for the first time uh, with him. This was not an easy thing to do, but I had to do it and I stand by it. So, okay. So this is a guy who's worked intimately with Marilyn Manson yeah. and has seen him be abusive to Evan Rachel Wood and then later girlfriends. Um, in 2018, Charlene Yee tweeted about his racism. Give it to me. Okay. She says, and this was after he appeared drunk and had a tirade on stage and there were news headlines about him being a sloppy fucking mess. Charlene Yee says, Ugh, don't even get me started on Marilyn Manson. Yes, this happened a long time ago. On the last season of House, he came on set. Because Charlene Yee is a comedian and actress. She was on House. She says, on the last season of House, he came on set to visit because he was a huge fan of the show. And he harassed he harassed just about every woman asking if we were going to scissor rhino. I don't know. That might be a typo. I don't know what rhino is. Um, and called me a China man. Uh, it's tr She says, it's so triggering to see people uh, come up on the internet who have harassed you. And then when you talk about the incidents, you become known as the person tied to the harasser. And that's just your name from now on. It almost overrides who you are. So yeah, he went to the set of house and uh, harassed all the women and called Charlene Yee a China man, <laughs> which is like, like you want, like, I love them all over again. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, he should have been canceled in 2018 when she came forward and said that he did this. He proceeded to say Ching Chong Wing Wong. And then did a line of cocaine. <laughs> yes. And like that wasn't enough. Um, in early 2018, uh, Evan Rachel Wood testified before a House Judiciary Subcommittee on her experience with domestic and sexual violence um, during a hearing about the Sexual Assault Survivors Bill of Rights Act. Um, and I believe that was a, I can't remember what they did with that bill, but they were, I think, extending the period, like the, what do they say? The, 
you know how sometimes like if eight years have gone past an incident, right. you can't file charges. They were statute of limitations. Thank you. Yeah. That's why you're here, not just you're for welcome. the ooh ah ah ah. Um, ooh ah ah ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they were extending the statute of limitations because it can take abuse survivors a long time to even recognize what happened was abuse, let alone come forward about it. Um, so in her testimony, um, she said, you know, that she was raped by, by an abusive partner and then also by a man in a storage closet of a bar. Uh, she did not name her abusers, but, um, in that quote, um, she, it was very, very clear, um, that, uh, she was talking about Marilyn Manson, um, I'm trying to find the quote. Uh, maybe okay. Um, it's a really it's a really long thing, and she talks about uh, in her testimony about like there's fight, flight, and freeze, and I I feel like a lot of people don't realize that like you just freeze in response to um, domestic assault, and you don't. Um, really know how to respond to it uh so any anyways i thought like we all knew in 2018 when she talked about this horrific experience um and and maybe like i'm the i was the only one watching like that her that the video of her testimony mm -hmm. like but i was like yeah no we all know marilyn manson horrifically abused her right and apparently no one did until this week um but going back even before this, because that's 2018, and she, Revan Rachel Woods, like, yeah, this person who's <coughs> Marilyn Manson, <coughs> yeah. um, abused me. Uh, in 2001, Marilyn Manson was involved in the death of Jennifer Syme, who a lot of people know as Keanu Reeves' girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And um, this took me way back to early in the show when she was my co-host and we did an episode about Keanu Reeves and he had a girlfriend. She got pregnant. She, the baby was still born at eight months. It put a lot of stress on the relationship. They broke up, they got back together. And then Jennifer Syme, who was like a assistant director, like Hollywood assistant type person. She worked for, Who's the guy with the hair? Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah. Um, she and she had brokered a deal between Marilyn Manson and David Lynch where uh, his music appeared in one of his movies. And then he had kind of a little cameo. Um, she so Jennifer Syme is at a party at Marilyn Manson's. She's doing drugs that are number one, she has a prescription for some drugs because she had been in a car accident three days earlier. Um, but also she's given cocaine and alcohol at this party. She gets a sober ride home and then immediately gets in her Jeep to drive back to the party. And her mom says that it's because Manson was like encouraging her like, yeah, come back to the party. Right. And so she uh, gets in the car to go back to the party. She sideswipes three vehicles. She flips the Jeep. She's killed. Uh, Jennifer Symes' mom uh, filed a lawsuit in court um, 
like a wrongful death lawsuit because she says, well, Manson furnished the drugs and encouraged her knowing her state to come back to the party. So he obviously played a role in her death. I don't know that. Um, I don't know that anything became of these charges. I think I don't know that it could hold up in a court of law. No, it's just, like, you know. it's just a really bad situation. Manson, um, responded by saying that there was there was no alcohol or drugs at the party right which we know is not true because it's a party yeah there is alcohol and drugs. no one other than us is throwing a pizza party like right you know what i mean yeah you come to our house we'll give you a a zevia uh dr zevia soda and some pizza but like that's not how anybody else's party particularly marilyn manson's party is going down um, I just think that that's like such bullshit. So, so he's I, like kind of friends with Doug Stanhope, but uh, sounds like he's just kind of a, a shitty person to know, even on like any level. <laughs> like, so Stan, he went to Bisbee and was going to be on Stanhope's podcast, and I guess they recorded this whole like podcast. They were all doing coke, and oh. Stanhope's pretty upfront. He's about, open about yeah. it. Yeah. And then uh, right after he left, like, it was either him or his manager had contacted Stanhope and was like, you can't hear any of that. So he had to scrap the whole fucking thing. And Stanhope was probably like, so I did coke for nothing? No. (laughs) (laughs) But then also, he was with Stanhope um, at Joe Rogan's uh, End of the World podcast or whatever for... um, the election in 2016 Mm -hmm. um and he was backstage just all coked up and i remember rogan's like tell him to get it together and stop being a pussy and like come out here and he was just like too coked out to like come out yeah yeah so i'm like dude is this guy just like always on coke so always coked i'm not saying that like where there's coke, there's fire. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I'm, not every, not necessarily everything everyone says is is a hundred percent true, but it doesn't bode well for him when all every story is just how he's coked, coked out. out and like you know everything else that goes along with him. Yeah, and I don't know the statistics <laughs> on cocaine and domestic violence or cocaine and just violence in general, like what percentage of people who have like violent public arrests. I think it probably fucks you up sexually a little bit. A lot of it's sexual, I think. Well, yes. Uh, but what I was going to say is like, so we know the statistics on alcohol and domestic violence, right. and I'm sure that there's probably something similar With about coke. cocaine. Yeah, yeah. And so when you hear about someone being violent and erratic, and then you have confirmed pretty solid confirmation of a, a an insanely intense cocaine problem, uh-huh. you kind of just go story checks out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... They're just it is what it is. I told you Rose McGowan said she was public about that too. Like she didn't try to throw him under the bus too much. It sounded like she still cared for him on some level, but mm-hmm. when asked about like what happened to their relationship, this is on Stern, and she was just like, "Well, mostly he is just addicted to drugs." 
Yeah. And he just has a huge coke problem. So anyway. But yeah, no, that so that confirms like what I said that that one person got offended by about Shia LaBeouf, right. where you go, okay, well, this person has a history of drug addiction erratic behavior violent behavior i bet that was unpleasant to like they act like oh my god how dare you say they're a domestic abuser and i'm like the entire personal personality profile we have on this individual would indicate someone who would be very very bad to be in a romantic relationship with and when you love someone and you see that they're struggling and they have addiction problems you tend to I don't know. You tend to write excuses for their yeah. behavior, even when that behavior is negatively affecting you. Um, in 2001, he was arrested for sexually assaulting a security guard's head. Like he fucking at a concert grabbed the security guard and dry humped his head. Yeah. Uh, and he did it again in 2000. So he had two charges. One. Uh, like guys. Yeah. One yeah. incident happened in. Um, don't dox my dad, but happened in my dad's town of Clarkston, Michigan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone's out there looking for uh, hillb- senior DeLorean. Sen- yeah, hillbilly DeLorean. Um, so yeah, one incident happened there. The other one happened uh, in Minnesota. Uh, so he's just out here sexually, and then like years later, like a decade later, he was back in Detroit playing a concert, and he's like. Do I seem like someone who would fuck a dude's head? I mean, I wear lipstick, but I'm not going to fuck a dude's head. And then he, like, grabs the security guard and is like, are you scared I'm going to fuck your head? Like, and so it's like he did this thing that was shitty to at least two people, but he probably did it at a bunch of places. And these were just the two guys to file charges. Um because, of course, these guys were then mocked and made fun of at their jobs by yeah. other dudes being like, oh, you got your head fucked. And so Marilyn Manson, who lost in civil court to, in both of these cases and had to pay settlements, 10 years later is still making fun of it. Yeah. And he doesn't realize, like, no, you need to modify your behavior. You're hurting people. Right. Like, people don't like this. Um, Just dry humping your head. Yeah. Well, it was clearly... I think in that instance, it wasn't a sexual thing. It was him trying to be provocative and just abuse the security guards, which is yeah. not awesome either. You know, I'm well, just yeah, I think it, but that's it's still the way sexually, I read the story it's when it still happened. sexual assault, right? Even if it's yeah, mockery. for sure, for sure. Um, Didn't he out here, and this was only a few years ago, I think at the Van Buren, um, like, didn't a huge speaker. Uh, set up or something fall on him i don't know I'll, I'll google that while you're talking but yeah i think that happened a couple years ago okay well going back 20 22 years ago um in his autobiography he admitted to coming close to carrying out the quote perfect murder of a former bandmate and lover named nancy and then getting spooked moments before trying to burn her to death in her home in the early 90s are you ready to hear some horrible things that he wrote yes because you're still listening all right so this is excerpts from the book This was the first time I had ever seriously considered murder. 
She had to die. While I didn't think it was right to take a human life, I didn't think it was right to deny myself the chance of causing someone to die either, especially someone whose existence meant so little to the world and to herself. He fucking wrote these words. We, it, he couldn't deny himself the chance to take a life. I mean, she didn't mean anything to herself or to anyone else. Um, at the time, taking someone's life seemed like a necessary growing and learning experience, like losing your virginity or having a child. This is someone who needs to be hospitalized. After roping in a friend to help, Manson wrote about how they, quote, followed her, cased out her house, figured out her routine before heading to Nancy's Fort Lauderdale home with kerosene matches and rags. But as they neared, a homeless man started following them while trying to sell drugs, and they finally were scared off by a series of sirens heading to an emergency nearby. After that night, I began to, I became too paranoid to kill Nancy, too scared of getting caught and sent to prison, he wrote. I woke up to the fact that I had told too many people of my hatred for her, and even the best plan wasn't good enough to protect us from chance events like passing police cars. Elsewhere, Manson recalled how he and another friend harassed a hot brunette whom they both had a crush on, but wouldn't even acknowledge our humanity, he says. Uh, I fell back on my usual deviant way of getting a girl's attention, malicious, asinine behavior. They would make threatening calls every day for nearly a month. At first, the calls were harmless, but they quickly grew meaner, he wrote. We're watching you. We'd threaten her at the height of our spite-masked lust. You better not leave work tonight because we're going to rape you in the parking lot and crush you underneath your own car. So these are things he wrote himself in his book that came out in 1999. And... um. That must have been in the later half because my parents took it away from me when I was less than halfway through <laughs> well, it. You didn't get to the good stuff. I huh? didn't get to the good part. Um, so, anyways, he sucked, and he told us he sucked dating back to 1999. Yeah. So, did a speaker fall on him? Uh, so a stage prop. It didn't say, at least in the article that I saw, and it wasn't here. It was in New York. It looks like, but uh, the concert. A following was here and it got canceled oh gotcha gotcha yeah um so marilyn manson sucks like he's a shitty drug addict which also like at 52 you're just too old to be doing coke i told you yeah. about the customer who it was like a guy in his 50s who i could read his phone from across the room because it had the big ass font you know yeah. on the text and i could see him texting trying to score coke and I just wanted to be like, dude, the font on your phone is like an inch high because you're old and you can't fucking see. It's which... like I don't care, but also, <laughs> come on. Well, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying like if the font is so big on your phone, I can read it from across the room. You're too old to be doing coke. Yeah. Like that's just full stop. You're too old. Pack it in. Yeah. Smoke weed like a decent human being. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it sounds like he – I always thought that that was weird. And I'm not taking shots at, at people with addiction. Just as somebody who has had addiction, Coke never made sense to me. Yeah. Like um, because it's not f physically 
as addictive as like heroin or alcohol or I, I don't know. It Cocaine just, is physically addicting. Is it, but yeah, well, it destroys your dopamine receptors. So you when you do cocaine, you become chronically depressed and then cocaine is the only thing that can kind of knock you back into feeling okay. And it's really, cocaine is very bad for your brain. Go back and listen to our episode on cocaine. I believe it was when Shu was on the show. It's a good one. Um, But yeah, so cocaine is very, very addicting in that way. I guess I've only known, like I've known a lot of cokeheads, but they were cokeheads in the sense that like, oh, every time they got drunk, they would go get coke. I didn't know anybody who was like, I think Hannibal Burris has a bit on it. He's like, who in their sober mind is like, gonna go get coke because he was talking about how he quit drinking and yeah. he's like but so i just do cocaine now <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like no i'm not a fucking lunatic so yeah i guess that it was just weird to me in that sense like oh is is this just a part of an alcohol cocaine problem well, or possibly. is possibly i mean i have known people who would do it to like get to like before work <laughs> like they eye needed opener. It, yeah, yeah a little eye o- yeah yeah, well, you work at breakfast restaurants, shit happens. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I d- it's just a it's an ugly drug <laughs> and um he's an ugly person and um no one should be doing co- if you are even in like the realm of AARP, you should not be doing cocaine. Like if you fucking missed it, if you're like me, you missed the boat in your 20s, like Right. That's fine. That's and also if you're in your 20s, don't don't do it either because it's really bad and I've seen it really destroy some people who are close to me that I care about. Yeah. Um, Brian so, Warner. Yeah, <laughs> I used to know this real nice guy named Brian Warner who became a horrible piece. He's a good actor. He was on The Wonder Years. He was on The Wonder Years. Um, and now he's just all pasty. Right, and, and abusive. Abusive, and it's real unpleasant. Um, so y- Yeah, he was somebody that I never really... Yeah, dug his music that much either. It seemed like all he did was just like new wave covers and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or like yeah, like eighties covers. But I then later I was like, oh, okay, he has like two songs, literally yeah. two songs uh, that I like. All right, um, but I was I didn't think he'd still be like relevant it is weird that he is but also there's kind of like a wave of 90s nostalgia for bands like nine inch nails and marilyn manson nine inch nails are great i love nine inch nails um except uh, for that he like fucking bought the house on cielo drive where the manson murders took place cielo drive uh to cielo green drive (laughs) yeah and that he recorded an album there and the songs are songs like with titles like pigs and like all this stuff. And then he claimed later that he had no idea what happened at that house. He's like, like fucking Trent Reznor. That's just rock and roll. Yeah. He, oh no, I think he just rented the house, recorded an album in which multiple songs use lyrics in reference to the blood paintings on it. And then when people kind of were like, dude, isn't that like fucked up that you did this? He's like, Oh, I had no idea what happened, uh, at this house. And, Mm -hmm. um, Anyways, then he took the front door off that house, and it's the door to his studio, which is in New Orleans, I believe. 
And then later the guy who made Full House bought the property and demolished the house and built like a big old McMansion. Everywhere you look. Every and it's a real <laughs> ugly house. The the um that the house was actually a really gorgeous um home uh that was built in the 40s. Anyways, I spent a lot of time reading about old Hollywood real estate. Uh and I know nothing about industrial music. <laughs> <laughs> um I know a little bit. Um I I was more like ministry i liked yeah and and then yeah like later kind of got more into nine inch nails but never was really into Marilyn Manson. it just always seemed very immature to me um and it's the exact sort of thing that yeah you would see teenagers getting yeah. super into but um like mr show has a really funny sketch about Marilyn Manson and David Cross plays the Marilyn Manson part, and he's just like <laughs> drinking blood and shit, pouring blood on his head. And then after he's backstage, he's like, "Hi, I'm Marilyn Monster," and he takes off his wig and he goes, "Hi, I'm Larry Turnour." <laughs> he's just like, um, "I'll have to watch it." Uh, Charlene Yee also said that David Cross said racist things to her, but as like a joke. Oh, I remember. Because remember, like yeah, in the yeah, early yeah, yeah, yeah. aughts, like white people would say racist things but they would it would be like oh but i'm i it's ironic because i'm making fun of what racists would say it was a really weird um yucky time uh um, most of the early odds but where i mean it'd be if like, you I'm look not, at... i'm not racist i was saying that to make fun of what racist. i mean i say. don't i'm not defending him because i don't remember exactly what it was but it I mean, Mr. Show, if if you write down a Mr. Show sketch on paper, it looks horribly racist, yeah. some of it. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to say there's a chance that maybe it was out of context. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I didn't I look mean, it up. Yeah, if you want to go dig that up. And... I just wanted to say that Charlene Yee is having a moment on the SDS podcast. Yeah, don't talk to her. Because she'll blow your shit up. No, just, be, yeah. just fucking be nice. I refuse. To, be nice I refuse. to Charlene. <laughs> Everyone, be nice to Charlene. Yee. Um. All right. Well, is that the end? I, it's up to you. Yeah, because they gotta go to work. All right. Ooh ah 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 to you this weekend. Have yeah. a new ah 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 day. Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll um narrate some. Marilyn Manson videos for Patreon. And let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're all stars now in the dope show. That's the only one that was an actual <laughs> Marilyn Manson song. Uh, happy hump day. Happy Hanukkah. Bye.